In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Friends, this is the first Sunday of Advent. We're introducing a series on the book of Isaiah. We'll be tracing the passages, following the passages in the book of Isaiah through Advent and Epiphany. Uh, We're also reintroducing the College of Preachers, so uh, Ben and I will preach about half the time, maybe less, and the people whom God has given the gift of preaching in our church that have been raised up will be preaching, starting with Andrea next week. I know I'm excited. Friends, we usually give 20 minutes to the sermon. I'm lucky if I get under 30. Today we have about seven minutes. So gird up your loins. Here we go. In the days to come, the mountains of the Lord's house will be the highest of the mountains. It will be lifted above the hills. Peoples will stream to it. Many nations will go and say, come, let's go up to the Lord's mountain, to the house of God, of Jacob's God, so that he may teach us his ways. We may walk in his paths. Instruction will come from Zion. The Lord's word from Jerusalem. God will judge between the nations and settle disputes of mighty nations. Then they will beat their swords into iron plows and their spears into pruning tools. Nation will not take up sword against nation. They will no longer learn how to make war. Come, house of Jacob. Let's walk by the Lord's light. I mean, that, maybe, we just, maybe we just start praying now. This is the, uh, the first Sunday of Advent. We proclaim the certainty of hope. Isaiah sees it, even in the midst of impending doom. The things that bring terror and devastation today will be transformed into delight and blessing tomorrow. The things that bring terror and devastation today will be transformed into delight and blessing tomorrow. And Advent is a season when we reckon with terror and devastation. We tell the truth about it, but we do it in hope. Christ doesn't eliminate and destroy your pain or sorrow. He transforms it and, and, and then includes it into a glorious tomorrow. He is reconciling all things to himself, beloved. Isaiah started his prophecy with doom and gloom. Chapter 1, he speaks of things like, why do you, uh, what's he say, doom, sinful nation, people weighed down with crimes, evil-doing offspring, corrupt children. They have abandoned the Lord, despised the Holy One of Israel, turned their backs on God. He continues, your country is deserted, your cities burn with fire, your land. Strangers are devouring it in plain sight. It's a wasteland as when the foreigners raid. Just to uh, fill out the picture, he continues, this faithful town has become a prostitute. She was full of justice, righteousness lived in her, but now murderers. Israel's sins have found them out. They, uh, they made alliances with Assyria, thinking that they would be saved and be secure because of these political alliances, and their, uh, their allies turned to foe. Terror and devastation are coming upon Jerusalem. And this is how it would go, friends. Armies would march up to Jerusalem. You always went up to Jerusalem. Jerusalem sat on a hill, so you would... Go, it was like 2,500 feet above sea level. So the armies would march up to Jerusalem and they would lay siege to it, which means they would, uh, no food, no travel can go in and out. And, and what uh, siege warfare was about 
uh, was about starving people until they um, betrayed their own families and loved ones to live or ate them. And then once the walls were opened, the uh, invading armies would kill people. So starvation and murders and cannibalism and then the weapons of warfare, including siege machines and siege works, would lay waste to all the buildings and the nation, Assyria, would judge Israel. That's what chapter 1 is talking about. So we get to chapter 2. We get to chapter 2. And I'm going to read it again and I want you to hold this picture in your, in your head that Assyrian armies are going to go up to Jerusalem, lay siege to it with weapons in their hands to kill. And the nation Israel had trusted to give them safety and security would destroy them in judgment. Listen again to Israel chapter 2. In the days to come, the, mountains of the, Lord, the mountain of the Lord's house will be the highest of the mountains. It will be lifted above the hills. Peoples will stream to it. Many nations will go and say, come, let's go up to the Lord's mountain, to the house of Jacob's God, so that he may teach us his ways and we may walk in his paths. Instruction will come from Zion, the Lord's word from Jerusalem. God will judge between the nations and settle disputes of mighty nations. Then they will beat their swords into iron plows and their spears into pruning tools. Nation will not take up sword against nation. They will no longer learn how to make war. Come, house of Jacob, let's walk by the Lord's sight. Did you catch it? Did you hear it? Did you see it? Friends, Jerusalem will be lifted up, not flattened, not laid waste. Nations will stream to Jerusalem not to lay siege to it, to kill, but they, nations will come to listen and learn. Those who bring judgment on Israel, God's justice will now be done in them. <laughs> no more injustice cycles of violence and retribution. And the weapons of mass destruction will be replaced with tools for cultivating culture and community, for building up, bringing life and flourishing. All the things that bring terror and devastation today will be transformed into delight and blessing tomorrow. You see that? The same picture. I mean, it's almost like Isaiah has Israel face its trauma and rescript it as blessing. It's the undoing of judgment and the bringing of reconciling justice in the heart of Israel. Advent is the season of preparation when we reckon with terror and devastation. We have to look at it. We have to face the darkness for it to be transformed. Christ doesn't eliminate and destroy our pain and sorrow. He, transformed, he transforms it so as to include it in a glorious tomorrow. This isn't sticking fingers in the ears and singing loud so we forget about all that awful exile stuff. This isn't holding hands and singing kumbaya and pretending like it doesn't exist. This is explicitly looking at it and seeing it transformed. Not eliminate 
not eliminated and destroyed. It gets included and transformed, friends. Your sorrow, your suffering, your darkness, your devastation, your terror, not just what's been done to you, but what you've done, friends. Let's be real here. It gets transformed and included in a glorious tomorrow. This isn't cheap hope, but it's a rugged hope. So today, friends, today, we're going to respond to this message with the Eucharist. As you hold out your hands in a bit, to receive the Eucharist. This is an a incredible uh, act. When I was, when I was a six year, uh, in sixth grade, uh, I auditioned for my first community theater uh, performance here in Indianapolis, and I was cast as Oliver in the musical Oliver. It was a lot of fun. Um, but uh, I remember, every time I do this, I think about... Um, I'm sorry, I was cast as the Artful Dodger. I should know this. Uh, I was the Artful Dodger. Um, but uh, this is what happens when you go off your notes. Um, every time I come to the table, I think, about, I think about being a beggar with hat in hand to receive. Um, but I, also, I want you to think about something uh, else today. I want to invite us to think about something else today, too. As you put your hands out, they're typically empty. But just like Isaiah pictures the darkness redeemed, could you, could, you picture, could you picture the terror and the devastation, the, the suffering, the darkness? Could you hold it like this? Face it, see it, and submit it, and receive Christ's devastation and terror on your behalf right there? Like... The darkness of the cross, when it meets our darkness, illuminates our lives. So this, this posture today is sort of a, a prayer and a surrender posture to be transformed into a glorious tomorrow. Friends, Advent is a season of preparation where we reckon with terror and devastation in hope, not in despair, not in some pie-in-the-sky wish dream, in hope. Christ doesn't eliminate and destroy our pain and sorrow. He transforms it so as to include it in a glorious tomorrow. He is reconciling all things to himself. All things, beloved. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.